What is happening? Welcome back to another weekly episode of That Tattoo Show. It's a tattoo podcast on YouTube and all other streaming platforms. We are here chatting absolute nonsense and having a general good time every Sunday. My name is Chris. And I'm Paul the Teacher Purple, Andy Preacher, back again doing all of this. We've got a good show for you this week, guys. We, um, we're both a little bit busy, so we kind of had a little... Off-air chat that makes it sound like we're on a TV show, but you know, you know what I mean. Before we press record, we had a production um, meeting, and there's um, there's not much going on in the news, but there's an interesting topic that we want to spend a bit of time talking about. And then uh, your comments, as ever, have been really interesting. I just want to take a moment to thank everybody for the comments that they made on the mental health uh, oh, yeah. episode that we made. Uh, really appreciate that, guys. There was a couple of really good pieces of advice from you, you lot there that have really helped me out with a couple of uh, bits and pieces. So thanks very much for that. Um, mm. Somebody asked a very interesting... Yeah, interesting. Interesting. A, a ver- an interesting question uh, about new tattoo styles and whether they hold up, etc., etc. And so that is going to be yeah. probably the core of this week's chat about new tattoo styles. And, uh, well, I would say like I different, before, not, not necessarily new, but like different styles, uh, and, yeah, and some some yeah. styles in specific. You know, some styles in specific, some styles specifically. We're going to try and answer the age-old question: How much for a sleeve? <laughs> that all tattooists asked, uh, and I think all of us have done this. Go where we go. Yeah, it's all well and good, but will it heal? You know, and I think that's um, it's a question we should attempt to answer. Yeah. If we manage to answer it, we'll have done something that nobody else has done in the last 150 years of electric tattooing. But uh, we will give it our best shot. Yeah. I'm not sure that we'll answer it, but we'll try and give you the benefit of at least our advice and our uh, knowledge. You know, uh, on another note, yeah. though, while I think about it. Um, because we've had a, a bunch of new uh, subscribers recently, so you might be very new to the party. Welcome. The Hello. party's been going for three years. We're having a good time. I hope you'll stick around and enjoy it. Um, for you guys, uh, because I don't think we've said this on the show for a little while, everything that we present here is in part for entertainment because we are trying to make you laugh. Uh, so occasionally we'll be making some of you angry by, you know, by extension. Uh, and the other thing is that... Um, the thing that both me and Chris want to highlight is all we're sharing with you is our opinion. Uh, When something is factual, we'll tell you it's factual, but most of what we talk about is just our opinion based on 15 years each of tattooing or more, you know? So don't go thinking that we're presenting this like it's gospel and what we say is the only way. Unless we do say it is. Unless we do say it is. As they say, uh, there is always more than one way of skinning a cat. And how you get there is how you yeah. get there, right? Don't go skinning cats, though, kids, because it's really bad. No, don't do no, that. It's not good for and you. So, with that, this is the preamble over. It's time for the news. Chris! <laughs> Have you tried turning it off and on again? <laughs> <laughs> uh. It's an in-joke, it's an in-joke. And it's not even an in-joke. It's, yeah, it's not. not even One funny. of my favourite characters from the IT yeah. crowd as well, actually. Is it, what's, his, what's the character's name? Mosty. Moss. I think it's Moss. Moss. We were just, yeah, we were just discussing how much we, uh, we both love the show, the IT crowd, and we both, lo- both love uh, Moss from the IT crowd. He's one of our favourite um, characters. Uh, it can be very, very funny. And quite annoying sometimes, yeah, but so very funny. funny. So funny. Occasionally annoying. <laughs> 
Okay, so this week in the news, there's only like two real things that I've got to talk to you about. The first one is, as I've mentioned previously, there is an app that is coming out called Ink Maps. I liked the idea and the concept of it, because if you are somebody that is a realist and you want to kind of like, you know, you don't want to fanny around or you're not that clued up on colour theory and you just want to put an image in there and it will tell you exactly what your colours that you need to use are, depending on what brand you use concept of that is great. Now, at the moment, they do they are doing beta testing of the app using Apple Test Flight. The downside, and I think this is a massive downside, I don't like, I, this is just my personal opinion, I don't like the way this is going with a lot of things in Tatooine, is, uh, for, the downside for me is, it comes with a subscription, it's £9.99 a month, or £59.99 a year to use the app. And when I look at that, I just think to myself, I'd happily pay like 10 yeah. quid for the app or 15 quid for the app. I wouldn't pay <clears throat> 60 quid a year for an app. And you, know, you can make stencils with it and so on. But you know, there's apps out there that you can use to make stencils that don't cost anything or only cost a one-time fee. So I really think that that is something that, I don't know, I just don't like the idea of paying for it. It could be a great app, do you know what I mean? So I don't want to rubbish them. I just don't think a subscription format is something i'm vibing with to be I honest did, see like we were talking about this before we record and i was saying that i think lots of companies have tried to go down this subscription route um for instance my daughter's just bought a new yeah. car and that's got in-app purchases in the car like so if you want certain features on the car you have to pay three pound yeah. a month to enable them which i think is the bizarrest thing when you've just spent a lot of money on a car you know that's um, nuts I'm I'm not a fan of Adobe's or Adobe's um, uh, subscription model. I think anybody, and I know a couple of you are from, uh, you know, you've got one foot in the music production world like I have. Uh, and recently there was a company called Waves that tried to get rid of all the perpetual licenses and bring yeah. in a subscription model. Uh, and it was so unpopular that they reversed that decision within a week. So if you are the app developers... Yeah. Uh, and you're looking and you are watching this show, I would um, I would advise you to look at your business model uh, because I, I really don't think that that is a good idea. What I would prefer to do is buy the app with, say, I don't know, like a couple of uh, colour brands in there. So maybe it comes with a couple of the biggest brands. And then if I if I wanted to add a specific brand of ink to that, that I could then pay a fiver to add yeah, you know, like World fiver Famous or Inc or Eternal Inc or, or you know, yeah. some, something like that, I think would be a much better way of doing it because it, it, yeah. not every tattooist is going to need every brand of ink in the world. They're really only going to need one or possibly two. Right, so I do, do, you know, do you know the other thing as well? It's like for me, I, I like that app is like would be a convenience thing. Like, do you mean yeah. one app to rule them all? Let's say you can yeah. tells you what colors you need to use. It will break make a stencil for you. But for like you know paying a monthly fee for it, I can just do it on my iPad. I mean, there are, you know, it's. I think it's built into Procreate these days. I think you can generate a palette. You can definitely yeah. do it from Photoshop. You can definitely do it in Affinity. And so you can you literally don't really click need on it. To. No, I mean, the only step that you wouldn't get, it wouldn't tell you that the red is lipstick red from Dusty Eternal. Rose or, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But you could literally just, you know, look hold at all the, the colours. Hold the bottle up next to it. Hold the bottle up next to it, right? You know? Yeah. Here's a little tip for you, though, because I actually am um, talking of, uh, you know, selecting colours. I don't know if, if you've always done this, but I've always just put my 
inks on shelves stood up like this, you know, in a row like that. Oh, you're on about this fucking ink rack thing, you? Yeah, recently I bought uh, an ink rack from Tattoo Everything Supplies. Hi, Brian. Um, Hi, Brian. And, uh, and I've got it in my booth and I found it so convenient that I've just bought two more and I'm doing the, all of the ink in the studio is going to go in these racks. And what yeah. it does, you, you push them in that way and you see the bottom of the bottle so that... You know, when I'm standing there selecting a palette, I can literally go that one, that one, that one, and it's way more convenient because obviously the bottom of the bottle isn't the colour isn't obscured by the label, yeah. and I find it much, I find it much quicker. And you know, a lot of these things they save five minutes, but if it's five minutes every day, then it's you, five you know, minutes. It's, is five it's, minutes. Like. It's five minutes. Is five minutes. Or if it just makes the process of choosing a little bit less annoying and taking inks out and putting them and then you go to reach for one at the back and you pull all the yellows all over the floor and then you've got to put them all back and all that sort of yeah. stuff you know uh, tattoo everything supplies sell them I'm sure other suppliers do but that's where I got mine from and they're great they're really really good you know so yeah that is that bit of news the second bit of news so all I'm going to say first of all is fuck around and find out <laughs> that is what's happened now Tattoo gate, it is long gone. It's happened. The lady got her tattoo. Fucking well done to H2Ocean and the artists involved in making that happen for her. But if you remember previously, myself and Paul have always said, make sure you are aware or be careful about what you say online because that can come back and bite you in the ass. And it has happened to somebody online. One of the people that were allegedly affected by the artist involved in Tattoo Gate, made a load of TikTok videos, saying a load of stuff which could be classed as defamatory, and they've received a, a solicitor's letter or a lawyer's letter, but basically they've had a legal letter sent to them saying, stop what you're saying, take what you've said down, issue an apology, or we are going to be taking it further. Yeah. And like everybody does in this day and age, rather than going to see a solicitor or speaking to a lawyer and seeking legitimate legal advice, they fucking made a video on TikTok going, any fucking TikTok lawyers out there that want to fucking give you a hand. It's like every Henry watches It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Charlie Day's character, he's like, I'm a bird lawyer. Like, yeah. TikTok is full of fucking bird lawyers. I mean, what do you know of bird law? It's, it's, it's like that. It's just like, so I just find it mad that rather than speaking to a legitimate lawyer, because this is a serious thing. You know, you've, you've put stuff online and if what she has said is untrue and in any way, there are going to be legal repercussions about it. Yeah. And like, that's whether or not like you're making videos that are, I know, uh, making fun of companies, but you're doing it in a way that is defamatory. They can take legal action against you. Yeah. So like, just be careful about what you put online, kids. Yeah, absolutely. And adults and everyone. Yeah, I mean, dogs, cats, I think birds. in this day and age, we have to be careful about, you know, everything that we say online because it sticks around forever, right? And uh, we've got to be real careful about that stuff. This is something that I don't get involved in, right? You know, because it's not really my thing. Mm. But I guess it's a, you know, it's a game that people like to play, jumping in, joining in with the trolling and, and all that sort of stuff. I, I personally don't enjoy it, as you all know by now. I've been... I've been at the receiving end of uh, that stuff and it's, you know, it's not nice to be on the receiving end of it. Do you it. think it's... Um... Even if just if people are just joining in and being a bit vicious to have a bit of a laugh. Um, I think 
a lot of the Just time people forget though. that there's a human being at the other end of that having to read that stuff about themselves and it's just not nice to do to people you know I just don't think anybody should do that to another human being it's just kind of a bit shit yeah. to, for me personally but you, you, what, I, what, what, what I find mad about, about that type of stuff is like after that tattoo gate and I think I mentioned it in the other video we had somebody message us who had a tattoo like fucking 10 years ago have contacted us since then to add to it and have more tattoos to suddenly realise that tattoos age over time, and this will come around full circle later, that tattoos With foreshadowing. Age, yeah, the foreshadowing. Tattoos age, and they were like, well, I'm not happy, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I looked at the pictures. I was like, your tattoo, I've looked at the, all the emails you've sent. You were happy with your tattoo. The tattoo, the, I've seen the fresh pictures. I've seen the healed pictures 10 years later. It's aged as a 10-year-old tattoo should, and the tattoo is done to a high standard. And she was all like, oh, well, I'm going to fucking go on TikTok and make a video about you. And I'm just like, fucking crack on. Because yeah, I'll just make on. a fucking video as well. Yeah, just on. saying you're full of shit. Yeah. You know, I, but at the same time, we would, you know, if they did do the defamatory way and they tried to affect your business, because that's, that's the thing. If you're making these videos that are having a negative impact on personal businesses yeah. or corporations, that could affect you as a person because you could get, taken a court. No, I mean, you know, companies are legally protected as well from that kind of thing, you know, yeah. so, and they, you know, they do have the, um, do have the right and the ability to, you know, to take legal action. I think you do have to be really careful. I think maybe it's a symptom of the modern world that we live in that people want to do maybe. that and get involved in the argument. I always liken things of like TikTok and Facebook to like, you know, a village hall full of angry, yeah. uh, angry villagers, you know, angry drunk villagers shouting at each other. And I, I don't think, yeah. you know, I'm not really, I'm not really that kind of person. I'm a resolution kind of person. So I, um, I, that's not really a way of resolving a problem. It's just a way of making a, yeah. a problem fucking louder and worse. You know, I get it with some things. You now sometimes you need to protest and you need to make a bit of noise to, to make people pay attention. I've literally just finished editing and in, uh, like an interview chat that we did with Uris from um, Tattoo Shop Talk. Uh, and we, we were talking literally about that, you know, with the... I thought we were calling him Dave because we couldn't say his name properly. Oh, but I learned how to say his name properly because I looked it up. It's Uris is of Latvian origin and that's how you say it. Ah, I like you know. Dave. You can Dave. also technically say Juris, but I believe Uris is the connect, co correct way to do it. Juris is more um, another part of the world, so... Uh, I'm going to go with Uris. Uh, apologies if that's the wrong pronunciation of the two. It was, it was always going to be 50-50, wasn't it, Dave? You know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, so, yeah. Uh, and, it, and in that, you know, one of the things that we talk about is with how, you know, badly reach has been implemented in Europe, because it's not particularly well implemented, uh, the Americans are making much more of a fuss uh, about the MOCRA yeah. Uh, legislations and are being much more vocal about it and I actually think when you look at you know how our European I, 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 brothers and sisters are being uh, like used as guinea pigs really I think that's the only thing you can do you know yeah so but I think with the MOCRA compared from my understanding my very uh, you know brief understanding of it is and um, from what you've said and after watching the interview with with Rob, which is it is really good actually. It's coming out on the channel soon. Um, it's coming out on the channel soon. Mokra is going to have a much 
yeah. bigger effect on the tattoo industry than the reach regulations. Well, and watch the interview, Rob, because he sheds a, a lot of really interesting lights on it. He's quite involved with the uh, APT, I believe they're called, which is the Association of Professional Tattooists in North America. Um, Mokra, uh, what he's being suggested is that it affects every product that touches the skin. And those products, some of those products have to get what they call a, a now I might be wrong in this, a five, because I'm not American, uh, as you can probably tell, 501K, which I, th I think it's 501K. Um, and that is to register all of your needles as medical devices. Yeah. So that puts your 20 quid uh, box of needles up to 60 quid. Oh, like just literally you know, that, This is interesting you know. because... Perhaps if you know, you know, people like, and this will come onto a comment that we're going to talk about now is the, the price of tattoo machines, right? Have gone up exponentially yeah. over the last few years. And I you know obviously we, we do a lot of, you know, we have a lot of uh, back and forth with manufacturers. We ask them questions because, you know, we want to make sure that when we do talk about stuff on the channel, we provide in, you know, accurate information. But a lot of the, let's say the bigger manufacturers, they are, or have been over the last few years in the process of that registering yeah. and all their tattoo machines as medical devices. Yeah. So if it's a case of like needles are going to go up, maybe the fact that they've had to register their products yeah. or are just doing it just in case, that could be one of the reasons why there's an well, increase. Because like everybody but thinks... But also, got, does that so give us an... an an inkling of how much your price of all your supplies are going to go up. Because it, I, I agree with you, if they've gone through the, this 501k yeah. and they've got it registered as a medical device, and then now instead of being a $400, $500 machine, it's a $1,500 machine, does that mean that the, you yeah. know, certainly in North America, every tattoo machine will cost 1500 bucks because of what it costs to well, get well, that, yeah. the certificate, you know, that, that's, that, well, that, that's what I was about to get onto then. Cause it's like, you know, if you want to look at it from a base value, let's just say hypothetically, because I don't know the exact pricing, but let's just say a wireless tattoo machine manufactured in the U S by one of the main brands. Let's just say, I don't know to, for them to manufacture it, you know, in the U S blah, blah, blah. That might cost them, let's, I know, let's just say three, four hundred quid, right? Yeah. Or three, four hundred dollars. Let's say four hundred dollars, right? So, yeah, it, it doesn't cost that much. And they, they could realistically sell those machines at six hundred dollars and make a nice two hundred dollar profit. Yeah. But then what people are not also considering is, you know, in Europe, machines have to be CE certified. Yeah. So they've got to put them all through that, pay for all the yeah. certification for that. Then if they, being classed and, and registered as medical devices, yeah. they've got to pay for that as well, which that adds it up again. And then you've got the added cost of the marketing, the giving the machines away for free to people like, you know, us who do reviews and other yeah. YouTube people, pro team artists. You know, if you've got a team that has got 200 pro team artists, right? Uh, and let's just, let's just say, right, it works out that a machine is, say, say, I don't know, it works out after all the certificates and stuff like that, it's like $800 a machine. Yeah. So $800 given out to over two to 300 people for free, yeah. that upfront cost that they, so it, it all gets factored into the price. The other thing so, and, to and, and consider that's why, is that um, if your needles go up to $60 a box, if your ink goes up to... $60 a bottle if your tattoo machines, you know, break the 2000 pound mark and this is the cost of being legit. 
Um, does all this legislation have the actual opposite effect and drive tattooing on back underground? It, it could. Do you know one thing I would say because as well? Because that was something that Euris was saying is that, you know, even though it's not yet driven tattooing underground, there is some tattooing it going will. on that's further away from legislation, you know. So, uh, and I... And there's like a lot of loopholes as well. I like the loopholes he talked about. That was good. Yeah, it's, it's one, a good one, interview. One of the things that I've always thought about this and... American artists, please don't get offended by me saying this. But if you look at the price comparison... Which means he's about to say something really offensive to you. Sorry I'm, about this. I'm, I'm only one it. half of the team. There's not much I can do. <laughs> no, no. What I'm saying is, like, if you look at the price comparison with tattooing over the world, right? Like, say, for example, UK prices compared to European prices, European prices compared to American prices. Now, American prices are some of the highest prices I've seen ever for tattooing there's like some tattooists out there that are charging like between three and six thousand dollars there yes there are people out there that charge this what i wonder is are the u.s manufacturers looking at the u.s market looking at how much the artists are charging and making and basing their prices on that structure so say for example if they're going well look if these artists are making fucking four grand a day then why can't they pay £1,500 £1, for a fucking tattoo machine? So And that that model works in America because, you know, the artists are potentially, not all of you, but a lot of you are making a lot of money. But then when you come over to the UK, you come over to Europe where artists aren't, you got some people, right, that are charging £600 a day for a tattoo in the UK and they will wipe the floor with somebody in the US that's charging $4,000. Not all of them, but some of them. You know, as you a couple of people have said, though, on the channel, a couple of you guys that live out in the US, um, and I think it's fair comment, is... Um, oh, the, the price of living. The, standard, the, 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 the cost of living, not the standard of living, the cost yeah. of living in America is far higher yeah. than the cost of living in Europe. No, I understand that. You know? And so I, I do think but you have to I'm factor get... that in. I agree with you that it, it seems to us quite expensive, but... If the cost of living is higher, then that means that the rent on your building and your whatever it's the equivalent of and rates yeah. and insurances, you know, all, yeah. you, I don't know how many insurances you have to have. I know that, you know, there are bloodborne pathogen certificates that you have to pay for that you, yeah. have, you, know, you have to stay on top of. And so even though, yes, I agree that, you know, it does seem quite high, but I also think that, you know, you'd have to, walk a mile in that person's shoes to see what their what their bills are, yeah. to be fair to them. You know what I mean? I'm, yeah, no, but, like, I'm not disputing, like, the reasons as to why they have to charge yeah. that. What I'm saying is, like, from on, on a global on a global scale, like, pricing, take out of consideration cost of living. It's just look at the base pricing of tattooing. Are the machine manufacturers in the US basing the price of their machines on what tattooists charge and going, well, if they're charging four grand a day, then we'll charge a grand and a half for a tattoo machine. No, do, I, do, does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense, but I don't think that's what's you know, going on. Is that is that one of the things that... It could be. It we could don't know. be, but... Conspiracy time. <laughs> I, I personally think that... And, you know, for, forgive me if I'm wrong, but, uh, you know, I always look at America as a... Um, a far more capitalist society than, than say Europe, you know, which is a lot more socialist. Yes. Um, so it would be my thought that most of the machine manufacturers are doing the capitalist thing of going, it's a free market. What do I think I can get for this device? Um, regardless yeah. of, you know, if it costs me 80 quid to make it, but the market will give me 1800, 
if if the market will give me eighteen hundred for this machine, then I'll charge eighteen hundred for it, even though it costs yeah a hundred bucks to to make. And I think that's a more it's a more capitalist uh, you know approach to things. And you know, like so, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I do think of America as a more capitalist uh, country than uh, say. Well, maybe not so much England. I think we're somewhere between America and Europe in that respect. But I, th- I certainly yeah. think in Europe it's a little more socialist than that. You know, there's there's less price gouging. In I mean, it goes on. Don't do get me wrong. Do, it goes um, on in, in this country and in Europe. But I think it, it's more it's more prevalent in places like the states. Yeah. You know? Do you know one thing? One thing I will say as well is like you've also when you're when you're slating the pricing of tattoo machines, I think what you've got to look at is is the size of the operations as well and where the machines yeah, are being absolutely. made. So you could have like, you you could have like, say for example, uh, a big US manufacturer that that manufactures everything in the US. Yeah. So they're, they're instantly, their manufacturing and production costs are going to be a lot more. But then you could have somebody like in the UK that is a three or four man operation. Yeah. And they're able, because, because they haven't got as many outgoings, they're able to, manufacture their products at a cheaper rate. Do you know the one that surprises me? I was thinking about this today. And you you might be able to answer this question for me. The one that surprises me is I don't think, or I certainly can't recall ever seeing a Japanese-made tattoo machine. I can't think of a single Japan and, and I would have thought in the in the world of technology They make Japanese motors. Yeah. I know I know like a lot of companies are now using Japanese motors. I know, but it's weird. And Japanese steel. Maybe it's because culturally, you know, tattooing is linked to organized crime, you know, culturally in, in Japan. But maybe. I'm surprised that the the, the Japanese don't make um, tattoo machines because I would have thought they were you know with their technological understanding they would be ideally placed to do that their engineering is is phenomenal you know what I mean it's phenomenal you know yeah. the Japanese guitars now fetch more money than the Gibsons uh, you know the American made guitars yeah. Gibsons and Fenders when you buy a Japanese made guitar they the prices are more than the American yeah, both models both cameras are Japanese both cameras are Japanese you know I mean Japanese cars are amazing and I find it weird that they haven't Nobody's entered the Japanese the, the, or the tattoo machine market from Japan. If you do, mate, yeah, it's if you're in Japan and, um, you know, uh, Kenichiwa, I think, is the correct phrase. Uh, I think that means hello. I might have just said goodbye. I don't know. <laughs> um, but if you do, then like, drop a comment down below because I'd, I'd love to know if there is there a Japanese tattoo machine manufacturer that's not handmade coils because I imagine that people do that. But um, you know, like yeah, a, I think they, I think they be more done. I, I've seen a few handmade coil machine builders, yeah. but um, but yeah, it's it, there's just loads of different kind of like you know ways around it all. To be honest, yeah, I just worry that the you know the legislation, if we don't get our voices heard, and that would appear to have been the problem in Europe, which is why I think what the Americans are doing, we need to copy that in England and make a bit more of a fuss. Uh, about the legislation. And Wales, and Scotland, and Ireland. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> I, I, I include, I include, I'm, I'm inclusive I'm with all that, you know. I, you know, when I say England, I mean every point of, and every colour of the flag, you know, I'm inclusive of all that. What you, what, what you read is, is England and the, the countries that England own. <laughs> the people we've enslaved forever. Um, but you know what I mean. But I think that it's... Um, I, I think we need to make more noise. I worry that tattooing is, instead of going forward and becoming more legit and, and all of that, that because this legislation appears oh, quite heavy-handed, that it could put tattooing back 15 to 20 years with the legislation and could see 
a lot of us going underground and you know and doing all kinds of things where I sell you a piece of artwork and and then I, I don't charge you for the tattooing or something. It's just like but, I don't want to get to that point, you know, because but, that kind of seems weird to me. At the end of the day, and we've said this a lot on the channel, we have. <laughs> we are only here now because the companies that have known about this stuff for over 15 years haven't fucking done enough work to get it from stopping. Privately owned businesses in so, charge of one know. part of tattooing, uh, legislation squarely aimed at them, uh, sat back, did nothing. Um, yeah. Uh, indefensible. Just simply like, indefensible. You see a company going like, oh, we've saved tattooing in Europe because we brought out fucking reachings first. It's like, yeah, but the fucking reason why the reachings are here is because you didn't do your job. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's, if you have done your job in the first place, the reachings may not have needed to be done. You know, I, well, I've said all the way through our conversations with this, um, you know, we sat, me and, me like, and Chris both sat through a European uh, Parliament type meeting that was all about the reach inks. And even the chair of the uh, the committee said, why are we putting the onus of uh, proof onto the tattoo industry when we can't, why are we asking them to prove safety if we can't prove danger? Um, and so... You know, and that's you know, and I think Euris says that in the interview. You know, is is like in a in a court of law, you're innocent until proven guilty. So why couldn't Blue and Green yeah. have been innocent until somebody proved them guilty? Uh, I, I think the whole thing's been badly done, badly implemented, and you know, I I've got an interview uh, that focuses on a lot of this coming out with Rob Smith from Electrum very soon. So, and Rob does explain it far better than I can because it's it's the the country he's from. Uh, I would suggest that if you're in North America, Canada, you know, that kind of area of the world, watch that interview and then uh, join the APT and get involved because um, inaction is what's put Europe in the mess that it's in. Um, not inaction on the part of the tattooists. I think they've tried to do what they can, but as a lot of them have realised, the unions and people that are supposed to represent you, when it comes to it, they don't actually represent you. And I believe the APT are trying to step into this in, in North America and actually be a voice for the tattoo industry. So watch the video. That's good. Hopefully by the time you're watching this, it will be out on the channel. I'm just doing a couple of like finishing kind of touches. And then before we leave the news and head into the comments section, I'd have one other bit of news. Chris, do you yeah. love tattooing but hate tattooers? Sometimes. Yeah. That's a nice shirt. It's a lovely love shirt, right? My um, last apprentice, because I'm not apprenticing anybody else, my last apprentice, Jay, uh, who will probably put a picture of himself, you know, on the screen somewhere, because Jay also edits this show. Uh, for the London Tattoo Convention, he will have these beautiful T-shirts with him. I'm currently mm. modelling a medium. Always been a medium there. And um, uh, they say, love tattooing, hate tattooers on them. It's a really cool design. I kind of oversaw the typography of it and everything. And he'll be at the Modern Electric booth all weekend at London. I will be there from time to time, but I'll be wandering around filming and generally causing havoc. And Chris we'll will be, be doing there. the same. We will both be there. Hopefully we'll be doing the show from a double-decker bus, but we're still uh, trying to figure out cool the logistics of that. So we're going to see if we can film from a double-decker bus. We think we can. Uh, providing Hopefully. we remember to oh, turn microphones on, which we forgot in Cheshire. But yes, there is more on that in the Euris interview. You'll you'll understand what I'm talking about. On the on the note of uh, merch, we've got merch. Oh yeah, we've just got merch. You all, just if you want to help support, yeah. yeah, if you want to help support us, yeah. we've brought merch out. It's in an Amazon fulfillment thing that Paul set up. Links down below. Check it out if you want to support us. I'm going to you know, add. Yeah, while us. I think about it, I've got a load of 
uh, a load of designs of of my artwork uh, that I sell as prints. I'm going to actually put them up um, on on there so that you can buy little bits of my artwork on t-shirts. I'm sure Chris will get involved at some point. You know, when he's got a bit of time to scribble some uh, designs together. Once I've had my critique of Paul, yeah. Once he's had his critique, <laughs> that's coming up in uh, the next couple of weeks. I will be critiquing some of Chris's work, um, and maybe. Uh, coming up in the future and let us know what you think about this idea recently I injured my hand and so uh, if you watch any of the footage from Cheshire you'll see that I've got a cast on uh, and I'm just protecting my hand really it's no big deal I just wanted to I'm very left handed and I wanted to remind myself not to touch things with my left hand and me and Chris were talking about learning to tattoo with the other hand on the way home and what we think we might do if we can figure it out is I suggested that Chris taught me, and by extension you, to tattoo, but with my right hand. So, because there's no point teaching me to tattoo with my left hand, because I already know how to do it. But I will be a complete novice with my right hand, because I I don't really think I know how to do it. So I think that by sharing my experience that way and being able to give a bit of advice, you know, being 15 years into my career and then suddenly swapping hands might be a really interesting way of, you know, showing, albeit maybe an accelerated process. I mean, I might completely mess it up and not be able to do it at all, but I'd like to believe that I can get through the process of learning to tattoo with with the wrong hand reasonably quickly because I do know what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, maybe that would yeah. be of interest to you. I'll learn to tattoo right-handed. So we should just do it for a fucking laugh, innit? Fuck it. Yeah, well, we'll I mean, that's how we started. We were going to just do it for a laugh, you know, but uh, I, you know, I thought, you know, you, can, you guys can all I've got one more piece in, of news. You know. Yeah, go on then, one more piece of news. One more piece of news. Now, if we haven't already hit it at this point, when we do hit the 10,000 subscribers mark, we are doing a giveaway. I have been squirrelling away some stuff. Big, big giveaway. So just to let you know, it's coming. Just just to give you a bit of a teaser, I've got a Bishop yeah. Power Wand set. Nice. So the Power Wand, two batteries and all that bollocks. I've also got about fucking seven, I think, five or seven Very boxes nice. of disposable grips to go with that machine as well. So you're going to be set up there. Awesome. And uh, maybe you know, another machine and some other bits and bobs. Yeah, we'll just get like a bit of a, a bumper Someone's giveaway. Got a fucking set I mean, ideally, it would we, we would hit this... Um, in time, you know, for, uh, you know, like... For London. Yeah, it'd be nice to hit it in time for London. That would that would be pretty cool. And then you could come to London and get it, or we'll bring it with us and put it on the booth and all that sort of stuff. That'd be really cool. But we'll see how it goes. Yeah, see how it goes. You know, I still... Th- I've got to be honest with you, I, st- I still think it's mental that... It's fucking um, wild. We're all here, to be honest with you. I love every one of you for, for doing this. It's just... Uh, it's. I mean, for us... This is like, it is a labour of love, really. We do it because, you know, we're having a good time and we enjoy your comments. We enjoy interacting with you. Um, there's, like, if you're thinking of starting a YouTube channel for Tatum, there's no money in it. Uh, so, but, you know, but we do it because we love it, you know, um, and that's kind of the point, right? Um, if I if it was yeah. about money, then I'd just go, and, you know, go and get a job or something, you know. But for us, this is something that we we really get a kick out of doing. It was lovely, well, do you know, what, meeting uh, everybody <laughs> at Cheshire and bumping into people. I'm looking forward to doing that in London yeah. and Isle of Wight. A few people like come out to it. I was ta- when I was filming. Sorry, oh, you know, we watch it. I was like, I get kind of awkward, and I'm like, oh, thanks, I appreciate that, you know. You know but to be like, sitting in a few years later, you know, like getting getting up to that kind of. You know, like, because that feels real then at that point. It's like, God, that like kind of starts feeling a little bit legit then. But it's really lovely, mm. you know, and 
and it's speak. nice. But I like the community that we're, we're building or that that is building. Well, you know, I, that, that's I like one of the things I like. I like that thing that you know a lot of people talk about that about being a community and everything. But I, I feel like we really are. You know, I've, you know, when I meet you guys that comment, when I meet you in real life, it just feels like you know. Yeah. Other than you know when you come bounding up to me like you've known me for three years and I have to get up to speed really quickly. I'm getting better at that, believe me. But when you know when I meet you. Um, and it, it just, it does feel like we, we are actually building a, a little community of artists yeah. and, um, you know, I, I think more power to us, you know, if, uh, if, if that carries on, then I think that'll be amazing. You know, I'm just, I'm really, really enjoying yeah. it, you know. But do you know one thing I like about, one thing I like about it is like, you no, know, we have a laugh and we have a joke on this channel, on the podcast and in all our videos and stuff. You know, we try to have fun and, you know, it's quite like hearted. When we need to get serious, we do. But one thing I, I definitely like is there is, there's, there's no, so. there's nothing toxic about what we're trying to do. And, and, and when you look at other, other people out there that are very toxic in the way they approach, you know, similar topics towards what we, we do, I don't know, it just, hmm. Makes me think I mean, like, yeah, I think like that's that. true of that's true of a lot of the online spaces. There's a there's a bunch of toxicity in. Um, there's always in, a, a, a toxic Terry somewhere. And I think that <laughs> I always think that you know to have a place where you know we're not in the business of, of doing any of that. That's not what we're about. You know, if something's good, we'll tell you. If something's not really good, we'll tell you about that as well. But we we'll, you know we also speak to yeah. the brands and and suggest improvements. I think just standing around going that oh, shit that oh, shit that oh, shit that oh, shit it just doesn't yeah, help anybody, see, does it? Really, thing, doesn't help nobody. The, 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 yeah, like, what's the point in having a platform or having, you know, creating a rapport with companies to have an interaction with them to then just go, oh, that shit, you know, we you know. find out why they've done things the and, way they've I mean, done it. The, so you the can other thing is, so that, you know, we review stuff and, you know, the stuff that you guys mentioned, we've, you know, the, the companies do read the comments, you know, and it feeds through, you know, and they, yeah. they look, at, look at it and, you know, I'm hoping that, having been one of the few people that sort of said, I don't like the gesture control on the Cheyenne and then having loads of people agree, then I'm hoping that that will convince Cheyenne to, you know, to relook at that button layout, hopefully, change you know, to the change gesture, the gesture control. control because they were under the impression that it was great and everybody loved it. And I'm like, well, if you read the comments, you can, you yeah. can see that not everybody likes it, you know. In fact, there's not many people that think it's, it's a, a great it's idea. A situation. Yeah. I think it's a marmite situation. It is, you know. And I think that that is actually, finally, the end of the news. That is the end of the news. <laughs> and with that, finally, it's time for your comments. There's only going to be a couple and then we're going to have a, a long ramble about one of one of the comments. Okay, so comment number one. Right, is off BD1084. And some of this we've already covered, to be fair, in the conversation we've just had. And it was, it's, it's off Paul's why I sold my flux after a year. And it says, pretending these things are not a complete scam is hilarious. All pens are insanely overpriced. I, I Again, I, I agree with you to a degree. Me too. But we've covered, you know, we've, we have covered what may cause the prices to go up in the first part of this video. Um, they are impossible to sterilize and the performance does not and will ne not ever match that of a coil machine. Now, I am going to disagree with you there because I feel like coil machines and rotary machines are completely two completely different things and some artists can get used to using a rot rotary machine 
and not like using a coil machine. So I think it's down to the artist and their experience and what they used to using. I've, but I, my know. take on that is both of those technologies have now matured to the point where, yeah. um, yes, they're different. I don't think one is necessarily better over the other one. There's pros and cons for both of them. Um, and I think that that's sort of the point, really. Yeah. If you'd have been saying this 20 years ago, then I'd have completely agreed with you oh, that rotary machines were, were, were pretty bad. They were in their infancy. But I think we've got to the point now where, where there are, maybe not the pen machines, but I, I think there's rotary machines out there that are... I think they still... They've got the advantage of being enormously lighter and much yeah. easier to handle, so they're inherently more precise because they don't, uh, they don't vibrate around as much. Less breaks down on them than but a again, coil machine, you're not having you know, to constantly you, repair it. Nothing will ever feel like a coil machine is the other thing. I mean, yeah. the coil machines are heavy, they do vibrate, they are noisy, but the feel of them, um, you you can get close to it, but you can't get it. You can't, I because the mechanics the, don't work that yeah. way, you know. So I do it, I do it, I kind of agree, disagree with that. Yeah, you so know? Yeah, like, I, I think like when you're using rotary machines, you, you just need to completely forget about coils. Stop trying to search for a rotary machine that feels like a coil and just get used yeah, to using use a rotary a coil, machine. You know, um, yeah, just get I mean, used to using a rotary machine. The one thing though, I will say, when he, when he turned around and said that... Um, is it by they are impossible to sterilize now number one you don't sterilize tattoo machines you make sure that they are visibly clean, clean. and if you yep. look at a pen machine and a coil machine and i actually sat down and had a chat with somebody who is a doctor that specializes in infectious diseases and we looked at the both machines and they even said that like visually a pen machine does look like it's a lot easier to keep clean especially then if you're so like this is my part they said it looked like it's visually clean my opinion starts now if you are using them correctly so if you are barriering them correctly and you're using the correct membrane and you're handling the cartridges in an appropriate manner to minimize any form of cross-contamination right then nothing should get on the inside of your machine and uh, and vice versa nothing should come out yeah. of your machine into the cartridge so therefore they are cleaner and easier to clean now back to speaking to the in the infectious diseases professional the doctor they were looking at a coil machine because they come to the shop and they even said like the only way that you can really be 100 percent sure that a coil machine is clean is you have to completely strip it down after every tattoo. And like how many tattooists strip down the machine? Which is impractical, which is impractical, so, let's be honest. Like, no, no, like, coil you, machines? Yes, you can clean every component and you can get them really clean, but it's impractical to break down. Even if you add, say you got four sessions a day, so you just had four different machines for it. Now, if you use a couple of different machines, that means you could have 12 machines a day to break down at the end of the day completely and sterilise and clean or do whatever you want to do with them. I, you know, I think it's fair to say that if you want to compare which one is likely to be cleaner... Pens. Then and a, rotaries. A pen machine. Uh, I'd say pen machines and rotary machines that are completely encased. Yeah. But again, it comes down to making sure that you're, you're doing everything you can to minimise any form of cross-contamination. So a lot yep. of it is down to user error. Um, the other part of this comment was, anyways, imagine what you have to leave the grandkids at the end of your career. A box full of busted beyond repair pen machines or some handmade works of art. Don't be fooled by the hype. Seek out a coil machine builder. You'll thank me later. 
I, I, again, I, I agree uh, to a degree with some of the stuff that he says. To be, I agree, disagree with that. Yeah, yeah. To, like, I yeah, would I say, agree, like, disagree. I wouldn't, I wouldn't leave uh, my grandkids with tattoo machines. I hope that I could leave them with something more than fucking tattoo machines. And yes, I agree that, like, you know, in I think personal taste, definitely go and seek out a a, a machine builder because some coil machines are genuinely works of art, whereas some are just mass-produced like other tattoo machines out there in the world. Yeah. But one thing I think, and this is a fucking massive foreshadowing, I've said it to you before, I think I said it on the podcast, looking at the way regulations are going with things after medical devices, I don't think coil machines have a future in tattooing. Big statement. Big statement. Uh, but look at the way it's going. If you if your tattoo machine, right, it's got to be a medical device, it's got to meet certain criteria... Fucking coil yeah. machines are not going to meet that criteria. Do you know what no, I mean? Artisan fucking machine builders are not going to be able to get their machines registered as medical devices. It's just not going to happen. And, you know... But do you think that's... It'll, a, it'll go underground. Do you think that's a shame, though? Do you think that's a shame, a shame, though? Because it is It is a big part of our... Even even though I don't use them, I've, I've got tons of them. I, I've and still I got love some fucking... I've still so, got some coils. I can't part with my coil machines because they're like old friends. It'd be like yeah. selling one of my guitars, and um, and I, I I adore them as as pieces of art. Uh, the tool that I use every day for my job is a rotary, you know, because yeah. you know it's simple, it's easy to clean. I can get the results that I want with it. It's, it's efficient. efficient. You, you um, don't, springs don't and snap. And I think that yeah, you don't blow a capacitor in the middle of a tattoo and have that massive blue spark coming out the end of it and all that. I'm tattooing your machine in the morning or halfway through the tattoo. To lose, them, to lose them from the world of tattooing, I mean, I, I actually think people will feel strongly enough about that, that they, that would be one of the things that drove tattooing underground, that people would be like, you will take my coil machines from my cold, dead hands. Yeah, no, no. You know, it, not yeah, a fucking chance. I think people feel very, very strongly about it. And I agree, yeah, you know, I think it's part of tattoo culture. It's part of tattoo I mean, like culture. I've said to you, I think we were talking about this the other day, and I said, if you, if you take somebody who knows nothing about tattooing and ask them to pick a tattoo, they will always pick a traditional style yeah. tattoo. That's what tattoos mean. And traditional tattoos will always be synonymous with tattooing. That's yeah. that's what a tattoo is to most people. We, those of us that, you know, all of us that do it for a job, we know it all comes in different flavours. But yeah. if you ask somebody from outside of our world, they go, no, that's a tattoo. And it will be a traditional rose yes. or a pin-up girl or something like that. And I think if you ask somebody which one of these is a tattoo machine, They'll always pick the coil. They'll yeah. always pick the coil. No, they will. Oh, that's the tattoo well, they'll, they'll, they'll machine. They'll call it a gun. They'll probably call it a gun. Yeah, call it a gun. But, yeah. <laughs> but I like. I just think like if you look at the way things are going in tattooing, the overregulation, you know, the the strictness on things like with the mocha and everything. Like yeah. I just, I just have this gut feeling that coil machines, unless they can figure out a way to get coil machines to the same standard as like keeping it clean as these rotary pens, which is not going to happen because that means you have to figure out a way to have them all working with cartridges and so on. I yeah, just yeah. think that it's just... Or we use, we all get together, we we have a, you know, a centralised trade body that represents tattooing around the world and we, you know, we show the weight of numbers that we have uh, to government and make it clear to them that they'll, you know, they're not taking anything off us without a fight. You know, I think yeah. at the moment the, the European Parliament have 
kind of steamrolled over the Europeans. And I, I think if it teaches us anything with what they want to do in the US and what they'll want to do in the UK, I think more than ever now we need a professional trade body that actually yeah. works and actually does have a seat at the table with government and can represent this you know billion dollar industry and all of the professional people that are working in it you know and and I think that that's really probably the only way of us moving forward with legislation and keeping the cultural touchstones yeah. of tattooing intact and you know and I, I'm not a traditionalist you know if you look at any of my tattoos you know nothing I couldn't be further away from traditional tattooing but um, I am a tattooist and I came into this world and added my voice to it, um, all, albeit a fairly odd red and black voice. But, yeah. you know, um, but I, I do believe that, you know, th this is a culturally significant art form that should be protected in a, the way a lot of art forms are protected. You know, I don't I don't think we should lie down so easily and no. allow that, you know. But if you look uh, at I it from... We, do you know if you if you look at it though from like say let's just say they turn around to us and go all right we're going to listen to your voices uh, you've got rotary machines by there you've got all these pen machines by there and you've got coil machines by there can you tell me how that machine is just as safe and easy to keep clean as that machine by there and I think we won't be able to coming up next week on that tattoo show on that tattoo show this the rest of this conversation which already seems to have run over so we're not going to stop talking we're just going to carry on recording but the conversation about tattoo styles will happen next, next week. week i think so with that this has been that tattoo show i've been paul and i've been chris tell the lawyer tell the judge tell the priest tell the script writer to write a few less words have a great week guys awesome we'll man. see you next sunday we'll be here as usual talking tattoo nonsense mm -hmm. Bye. Bye.